0: Oh!
1: Welcome to another episode of The Local Host. Um, before I tell you who I am, I'm going to hand over to Marissa to introduce that intro track.
2: Yeah, so that was um, GTF. Um, by Diaspora featuring Contour. Diaspora is an amazing um, American-based artist. Um, They're from the South Asian diaspora. They're a queer person of color, and um, they live in South Carolina in the United States. So you should head to their SoundCloud. Their name is spelled um, Diaspora, but with a U. Um, So yeah, that's who they are.
1: We'll create some show notes and put a link as well. Um, thanks, Marissa. Mm-hmm. And it's um, me, Dan Hassan here. Um, I'm super excited to uh, for this call. We've 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 put some legwork into making it happen, battling the gremlins of the internet. Mm-hmm. But before we get into all of that, I'd like to acknowledge that I am on um, Woundry Country um, of the Kulin Nations as an uninvited guest. Um, and I'd like to pay my respects to elders past, present, and future. Um, it's often said that the, um, land here was never ceded. Um, and that there has been, um, well, so what that comes down to is basically it's an occupied territory and 200 and something years ago, um, folks came here and said there was no one here, um, which is just not true. So that opening, um, Protocol that I do every week is a constant reminder for me that I like that is the case and that there's a law and a proper way of doing things um, that uh, you it's important. So, um, who's here with me today? Um, Can I pass back over to you, Marissa? And I invite normally invite people to um, say a little bit about themselves and then maybe a bit about the country. Or land where you're on if you feel um, like you would like to and then we're going to pass over to Anna um, and then we're going to get into the like interesting uh, uh, story of how we all know each other so passing over to Marissa.
2: Okay thanks Dan. Um, hi I'm Marissa. I am a visual artist, I'm an astrologer, um, musician. I feel like um, I hate the, how the way Wade- the word creative has been co-opted by capitalism like everything else, but I think I very much am a creative. I'm a Pisces sun with a Gemini ascendant, so I have a lot of really strange thoughts and never shut up. Um, I currently am living in London, so I'm calling in from East London, and um, whenever I say I'm in the UK, I like to think of the fact, or I like to visualize that I'm kind of in the crux of the empire. I've returned to my colonizer as a half South Asian person. Um, and then, you know, not too far off from Spain, which is my other colonizer as a Mexican person as well. Um, so I have a lot of very loaded feelings and thoughts and, um, you know, just things that I, um, reckon with every day living in London. Um, I feel as though, uh, I've been invited back, like thinking about how you, um, spoke about country, Dan, and the way you address that. Um, which is something I only became acquainted with when I visited, um, what's the place known as Australia this summer. Um, thinking about myself as, someone invited to someone's house I feel like I'm finally returning to the house that owes me a lot um so yeah that's me
1: thanks Marisa um hey Anna over to you
3: oh hi um my name is Anna Tonen. I am um exploring in the current in current times how we're socially and materially organizing ourselves and uh, the, the sort of logic that our embodiment is shaping in like online communications. Um, and I've been previously organizing, like creating cultural spaces um, that that are meant to counter the sort of local logic in how we place and relate to each other. And, and I guess related to this podcast, I saw a lot of potentials in and doing that online and and i'm really excited to have that conversation with you um i'm currently between berlin and london um and i'm currently doing some some healing from from the time in london in berlin and it's it feels good to be here and um, yeah very excited to to speak more about about our experiences
1: yeah. Thank you so much. Um, it dawns on me that um, I'm used to the subjectivity of speaking to um, a audience or group of people or peers who kind of already know who I am. Um, this is actually, Marissa, the first time that we're having a call with someone who's not already in the peer-to-peer zone. Um, and so with that in mind, and with the knowledge that this might find its way into the ears of um, new friends and new peers. So I'll do a very quick intro as to who I am. Um, My name is Dan Hassan. I'm a now coder um, working uh, in the peer-to-peer space. Um, I haven't always been a coder. Um, I'm not kind of a a native geek and grew up that way. I was actually um, came up in traditions of cooperatives, and I used to be working at a uh, printing cooperative in the north of England called Footprint Workers Co-op, Um, And at a certain point, I wanted to have my work be more mobile. And so I started getting a bit more into web dev type stuff. Um, I'm a white passing um, descendant of Indian indenture. I grew up in London. I'm currently based in Nam, which is uh, the Kulin name or the Wurundjeri name for Melbourne in Australia. Um, uh, Yeah, I'm like... A kind of of a queer um, white passing person of color who up until the age of like 23, 24, I thought I was white. So that's like a whole thing. Um, I'll link out to some other resources where I chat about that a bit more, but that sets a bit of context for for me. Um, So we've got three individuals here who are in some way bound together. Um, I don't actually know how you two know each other. Do you feel like sharing that story?
2: um yeah i i'm happy to um i think also i wanted to add in um my pronouns personally i'm happy to share them um my pronouns are she and they um for anyone listening to this podcast Um, and
1: i am uh he or him
3: um uh yeah uh i prefer they pronouns
2: cool yeah um Anna, how did we meet? It was, I think it was, um, at Somerset House.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think there's been like some some sort of um. Oh yeah, exactly. Through your friend's um presentation on uh, was it Earth Day?
2: Yes, um, yes. yes. Um, so, but but the one of the first things you said to me were like, "Oh, I follow you online," and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And then I realized that you were like someone on Instagram who I like would see pop up in my like notifications all the time but I think because your profile was private I was just kind of like oh I don't know this person um but then as soon as we met I was like yay a new internet friend
3: yeah so the circle came around um yeah yeah (laughs) I think it's kind of like exciting how there's like this this organic sort of like nearing in 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 the spaces of cities like also finding our way to similar conversations and 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 afterwards I think we also sat together um listening to uh, ICA uh, yeah listening to my gosh I'm having a blank out uh and Majulu and uh and um, yeah
2: and it was Hortense Spillers and Gail Lewis Yes, that was great. Yeah, we've run into each other at events quite a bit. Like, we see each other online. But then um, also when you just had popped over to London briefly in the past, I think it was in the past two months, I ran into you at a talk at SOAS um, about, like, the talk was, like, so amazing. And it was about reckoning the imposition of, like, um, how Western... And like colonialism has impacted patriarchies, but then also the impact of local patriarchies equally on women in the global south, specifically in Iraq.
3: Mm-hmm. That was such a great talk. Yeah, it was. It was.
2: Yeah. So I guess we move in like similar circles and like know each other through the internet, the beautiful and terrible place of the internet.
1: <laughs> I find that um, there's a lot of synergy there with. Um, so I'm very opinionated towards my current local context but I was listening to a podcast just yesterday where someone had this turn of phrase of um, mycelial capacities of humans and I really like this notion that we are kind of we can be within a social scene or kind of like a moment or a place and that through this network in some cases the internet we're able to um, kind of touch each other or come up like um, to make contact before we um, have like a full engagement or something like that. And I guess um, that's a little bit how um, I know Anna um, is through kind of, um, I hadn't actually seen that Anna was on um, Scuttlebutt, but then I got a message from Anna on Twitter going, Oh, hey, it's cool that you know Marissa. I know Marissa too. That's that's neat. I'm also on Scuttlebutt. And I had this moment where I was like, oh, the weird thing's happening again, where it's just like synchronicity or kind of this timing moment thing because actually I had only met Marissa like the week before in a fairly um, – kind of a chance, off chance, um, totally not planned way where um, there was probably, Marissa, I'll let you describe it more because I haven't quite got my head around it, but I think an arts institution called Liquid Architecture was putting on a series of events or something, which is part of why Marissa was over there. Um and then there was this on this one particular evening, it was kind of rainy, it was pouring down, it was like a weekend. Um, my experience in Nam has been that when it's kind of really crappy weather, people stay indoors and at the place where I work when I am in Nam, there was this event with um uh some of my workmates were involved in and a couple of other people who I respect uh, talking about peer-to-peer technologies and exploring them. And it was meant to be a discussion. I was like, oh, maybe I'll go. Maybe I won't. It's raining. Probably no one's going to be there. And anyway, so I turned up a bit late and arrived and it was pretty packed. Like one of the things I was going, one of the reasons I wasn't going to go was because it's like, ah, peer-to-peer, like a computer geek thing. It's just going to be a room full of guys. Like, do I really want to like put the energy in Um, and then I was quite pleasantly surprised to kind of arrive and be like okay like the presenting gender split that I could kind of figure out by looking um, was probably like 60% like gender presenting men like a few people who look pretty queer I wouldn't want to say like um, how they identify but then quite a few women as well I'm pretty used to by this point um, like the rooms mostly being white, um, when I turn up. So that wasn't a surprise that it was kind of mostly white appearing again, like I'm super white passing. So I don't always now want to assume that everyone is, but typically in Australia I have found it to be in those spaces. And, um, I was kind of at the back of the room. Um, and so I hadn't actually like seen more yet. Cause, uh, you were kind of down the back and about half an hour in, I don't know what happened, but I was just noticed that just guys were talking, even though there was this kind of in the room, there was a lot more kind of voices. And I think like I went down with like this, I got a bee in my bonnet where I was like, just no, this this is not going to happen yet again. So I kind of um, went down. I can't remember what I said, but then I ended up sitting next to Marissa and turning to Mariah. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, another person of color in the room. This is neat. Um, and that's kind of how I know, Marissa, it was just, we met at a room on Queensbury Street in Melbourne. Um, Do you wanna like expand on um, that event? I should maybe take a pause and say one of the reasons that the three of us have come together to talk is to talk about peer-to-peer technologies. And that event was about peer-to-peer technologies. And one of the interesting things about the three people we have in this room is I'm pretty embedded in that world. Anna, I feel, is like someone who kind of gets it but isn't maybe, that's not your only main zone. And Marissa, you're someone who I know has heard of it because I met you at that event, but maybe kind of beyond that, you aren't super deep in. Um, so that's a bit of context setting to to place us. Um, yeah. So.
2: yeah, I think that's a really good description, Dan. I remember, <laughs> um, like... I had been really. Um, I think I was really honored and gracious to the Liquid Architecture um, group for um, their hospitality, um, because basically I was in Nam for um, for the festival they were putting on, um, not because I was invited, but because my partner, who is a um, like male-identifying white person. Um, was invited to be an artist that they had brought on. Um, And his work is um, around, um, involves surveillance technologies peripherally, but is about um, um, this project he did about ambience and anti-capitalist, whatever. Anyway, I don't want to take up more space talking about my white partner. Um, So I was there, that's the main thing. And, um, you know, they had continually been very avid about asking me to join in on these spaces and like participate and that I was equally someone who they had Um, that they wanted to participate upon knowing that I was also an artist and also a politically engaged person. But then also um, knowing that I'm a woman of color, I definitely add a certain flavor to those spaces. Um, But whether or not those spaces are, um, you know, what what's the term sorry this is a coffee like brain fart moment whether or not they're facilitated in a way that creates um a dynamic in the room that gives access for everyone to speak is another thing and that's something that um there, there was definitely no chairing of those events and um you know the two um the two men white men who are leading the liquid architecture events um you know, lovely as they may be, are very hetero, very white men. Um, and so, you know, Sean Dockery was talking and, you know, it was a big discussion um, and there were actually women at the round table who weren't speaking. Um, uh, granted, they were all, you know, oh cis white woman. Um, but I was just getting increasingly frustrated that um, the uh, the events are being articulated as activist spaces. And, um, you know, I, it was near the nearing the end of the trip, I can only take so much like, of like, white people, like caucasity. So I was just kind of not really engaging. And when Dan started talking, and like, there's a certain language of, you know, activism and like, like being on or just being aware or on the periphery of like um, radical discourses that um, you can tell like someone is like a safe person potentially so I think I like had whispered something under my breath um, being like yeah this is why we need prison abolition and Dan like turned to me and I think like I don't know if you physically or mentally fist bumped me but there was like I remember it as like a fist bump. Uh, Uh, It
1: was, like, so totally a physical and mental fist bump. Um, Yes,
2: it was. Okay, cool. But, yeah, that's – okay, so that's kind of long-winded. But, like, after I said that's why we need prison abolition and then you looked at me and were like, fuck yeah, I was like, all right, who are you? Um, And then turns out we're both Pisces and we're both people of color. And then um, I think we went to the, like, after drinks thing and just ignored everyone else and just chatted amongst ourselves for a while and it was really nice and I really enjoyed meeting you and we had a great time
1: that is how we all know each other and so like yeah Anna contacted me and was um said hey this is really interesting you know Marissa and it was this moment where I was like oh this is super neat I I like the fact that this is a continuation um yeah and And let's
3: between the lines I was definitely who are you um like, I guess both of you have been having this energy of action that I was really attracted to, um, especially having spent time in academic conversations or, or listening to them and trying to learn from them towards, like, the material world. And I feel like there's sort of a little connection and then kind of seeing you meeting each other made so much sense to me, but it was also, like, a reason to to also approach you then. Um,
1: I'm really glad you did because we're here now and I feel like we've laid some really good um, fertilizer and context for um, where we're going to embark on now. So Marissa, I'm going to put you on the spot and say from um, from that event, so you mentioned that you're a bit uh, fatigued, you're probably jet lagged as well from just maybe some of uh, the way stuff was chaired. But if if someone asked you after that event, hey, what is P2P about, What would you be able to give them an answer or would you, like, how would you answer that question?
2: Um, I think, honestly, part of what I internalized the most from that event, um, like, regardless of my, like, kind of vague dissociation from what was being said because of it being, like, white mansplaining most of the time, um, I think I... Could say that peer to peer, like pretty confidently, that peer to peer is like a decentralized, um, like version of the internet, which doesn't. Just you can correct me at any time, but this is just what I got from that event. Um, so maybe if I'm wrong, it, it looks bad on them, and then haha, they were did a bad job. Um, like so, it's a decentralized internet. Um, people have a responsibility to each other, and that like data is stored on other people in the network's computers Um, and uh, it's actually one thing that struck me that came out of the event is that it's like, you know, moving towards a more communal version of a very capitalist structure that operates in a world of capitalism,
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
2: but it doesn't necessarily lend itself well at this point to organizing and activism. Um, because of how it's so difficult to keep things private. But I'm not, I'm still a little confused on that, um, because I was, I think the event itself that we were at, um, that Liquid Architecture put on, was really centered around how it was an activist space, but that it's not fully accessible and useful for activists at this point, and there wasn't really. It didn't seem like the the like men who were talking about. <clears throat> sorry, the men who were like talking about that were centering that in what they were doing. Um, so, and there was kind of never a step by step user friendly like situation where they were like, "Here's how you get peer to peer on your computer," or "Here's how you might access it." So it wasn't oriented at an audience. Um, in, a, in a way that's like built on access. It was more like a base, it was more in the style of like an academic lecture, but like pseudo disguised as like a workshop.
1: Okay. So th- this is our starting point. And I think like um, the description that you gave Marissa is um, probably on the global scale Uh, your description of p2p as you just put it puts you in quite a small number of people who can even um attempt an answer um but i feel like it's um there's some gaps there which are understandable given that the main experience was that event because as you've mentioned it was kind of not oriented towards um increasing kind of uh I'm going to say the word grok because I've been working with some people from New Zealand. I don't know if that translates, but it means kind of like a bodily a bodily understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, so my hope for the rest of this call, and I, I, we will probably me- meander through all different types of stuff because of who we are, but that we're going to kind of get to a bit more of a shared understanding of what P2P is, maybe as a comparison to um, some things which most of us will have experience of think we've already mentioned in this call Instagram, for example, and Twitter. So we might be able to say P2P compared to Twitter and Instagram is X, Y, Z. does that sound, uh, desirable? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, how should we go about doing that?
2: Um, I think, um, to, um, just, queer the lens of which I've come to know peer-to-peer um I would love for Anna to try and explain it to me with you Dan um but Mm -hmm. also I don't want to put Anna if you don't want to like be on the spot like feel free to be like no um but yeah I, I I also don't want this to be completely oriented around explaining it to me but I also understand that by explaining it to me like and then people listening back it will be like a wider audience yeah um so yeah yeah that's my that's my input
3: um well I'm gonna come up with a confession which is that I don't necessarily know much more beyond you um but what I've been interested in um especially thinking a lot about organization and how people come together is is thinking about the Sort of social dimension of those things, and and especially getting this momentum to to think that um, that that their function is inherently social. And I feel like that the ways these movements also do do mess up is not thinking about when when we talk about access and, and approachability, because the the technology should, for me, essentially be invisible for you to get to the people that you want to get to. Um, so so that's kind of the purpose of many of the technologies that we have, why why we met each other first on, on Twitter or Instagram also means something because it's kind of just at the backgrounds of our lives or, or, or et cetera. So, um, yeah. So Anna, yeah.
1: Um, you, you reached out to me on Twitter mm-hmm. and you were like, um, yo, it's wow. You and Marissa know each other. That's wild. I also know Marissa. This is cool. Um, let's chat I'm also on SSB Mm
0: -hmm. could you
1: like um could you kind of describe to people listening uh, when you said I'm on Scuttlebutt very specifically what did you mean by that because then my response to you was hey um can you just message me over on Scuttlebutt rather than Twitter um so can you describe to people like what was that like um
3: what I meant, I, I guess I was talking about the, the social situation because you're kind of at the verge of trying to get to know a new social space that has this technical framing and and so I'm still kind of under, trying to understand if it's worth it Will I meet the people oh, that, that makes look, sense to my life. I'm, I'm,
1: going, I'm going even more basic. I'm like yeah. saying, literally, did you did you message me on a phone? Was it on a computer? Like right. what bit of stuff was it? Where did you get it from? Do you know what I
3: mean? Right, I was I was messen- messaging you on a laptop.
1: Twitter, and then like when you messaged me on um uh Scuttlebutt, Ray. it's not quite the same as Twitter, right? Because you no. need to you need to like install a bit of software. Yeah, and then so I'm interested to hear like where did you um. Because to be honest, it's a bit clunky at the moment installing that on your computer. I'm super interested to hear like how that was for you. Like when did you hear about it? And then how is your, um, so Marissa, basically you need to install a bit of software on your computer. There's currently not a super um, developed phone application. So it was interesting to me, like it's always interesting to me to meet people who've gone through the trouble of downloading a thing that's not at the moment so I,
3: ha- I have an engineering degree so so that is the reason
1: um but i mean i guess how can i ask the question i guess when did you download it um, and it. how was that experience
3: yeah it was i mean just basic operations on like terminal so
1: Cool. Okay. So
3: having said that, like, I, I, like, I have a lot of friends who haven't even opened terminal in their lives. So, um, for you to get to that point as, as the body that you are like for having had the technical exposure, it's obviously a much more comfortable process, but I think that also affects, um, like who, who has access to it in the first place. Um, and going know, through the sort of technical trouble because of it's it's clearly not designed a person in mind who's who's not technically embedded. So, um, can but, I ask a yeah, question for sure?
2: Um, so, I've opened terminal like maybe once. Um, so, how does? Um, scuttlebutt relate to like engineering stuff like did you hear about scuttlebutt like just through the internet or like was it like that it was going to help you with engineering stuff on your computer
3: right um I think that was like in social reasons so I just like came across people that seemed really interesting that were talking about it vaguely that was sort of at the back of my head and then meeting people like IRL who are also there and that kind of made me see that there's like social value for me to be there that there are people and and the logic of it how it works is quite interesting in that like the um it's you like it's interface is so so different or it's trying to lend itself for a very different sort of social experience online uh, as opposed to um like these platforms that are driven by platform capitalism mm-hmm. um so it has definitely a slower pace or now kind of i'm still in the phase of kind of like observing and like looking and and seeing that people it's it's not so much driven by by continuously coming with like short takes about things it, like the platform doesn't really lend itself for those kind of things in the same way um that there's there's definitely more kind of and that it, it's it's lending itself well to like like slower processing of things and also kind of coming back there's there's um so, so yeah, basically those things.
1: So if I can, um, uh, one of the things that we're kind of um, staggering a bit into is um, these things are, it's difficult to know what angle and what depth to come, come in from. So I'm gonna come at this from a slightly different angle um, and just do some like indexing like short tidbits about what what it, inverted commas, is um, and then maybe come at it from like experience of what might the experience of it using it actually look like and uh, ask Anna if I'm kind of doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, so Scuttlebutts, a peer-to-peer open protocol for social networks that was created in 2014 um, by Uh, someone who was, I think, living in a swamp, um, or on a boat, um, in New Zealand Mm -hmm. and a bunch of other, um, open source hackers and coders. So to break what I said just down a peer to peer open protocol. Um, so what that means by open is it means it's open source. Um, so by open source, uh, Should I explain that? Marissa, do you have, like, a handle on open source?
2: So I – sorry, I'm eating peanut butter toast. Um,
1: So good. Sorry.
2: I know. It has honey, too. I'm, like, living the life. Um, So open source, I think of stuff that you can, like, use for free, like stock images, and I also think about, like, how it applies to my life. Um, Open source being, like, free stuff you can download, but I don't really – know about it in other contexts?
1: Um, so a lot of open source stuff you can download for free. So like that's that's like a good intuition. Um, and there's two things I'd like to take away kind of that can lead into the next part, which is a peer-to-peer, which is um, during uh, there's this political tension um, at the kind of historically at the heart of um, computer culture, where there was kind of a bit of a fork in the road where um, you had people who were experimenting with new things and they were broadly doing it in the open in a sense of sharing, in a sense of um, trying to increase everyone's knowledge about this stuff. And then on the flip side of that, you had kind of uh, the notion that if you kept things to yourself, you might be able to sell it and make money. I'm doing a bad job of this, but whatever. Um, So, there's this, that tension between kind of business or corporate logic of profit and other such is in tension with what some people call like hacker openness. And so, when and of course there is gradients all the way in between, um, and when now you hear people say open source, typically what that means is the code which makes a piece of software, or you can also have open source hardware, is open for other people to read and often reuse, remix, um, and build upon. So at its heart, that's a really political um, political thing. So I'll give you an example. Um, When we're on these social media apps, fill in the blank, be it Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, whatever, um, we don't know on the outside, on the outside of that castle, like how the code works um, because it's not open source. So Scuttlebutt and other peer-to-peer technologies are typically for the most part, although not a hundred percent, they're open. Um, and that's what's meant by open source. Um, Anna, did I miss anything with that? Like when you think of open source, how would you frame it?
3: Sorry, Anna. Hey, sorry. Could you just uh, repeat that?
1: When um when I say open source, what do you think of? Like, how would you frame that
3: um, with regards to? I think it was somewhere dabbling between both of those understandings. Um, I think, especially not having like a computer science background, like it's, it's definitely been more on the creative (laughs) expanding users side of things. Um, um, But, but yeah, I, the the thing that I've definitely paid attention to um, is, is the fact that, that it's, 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 it was more of a thing as like a teenager when I I would be kind of dealing with open source products. um, And And that it's kind of like faded to the background over time, and that has definitely to do with the sort of, I guess you could call it the digital economy, like what is happening in, in the spaces that we occupy, and what we use. Um, Yeah. So which is really concerning. Um, So I'm, yeah. What What do you think? What are your, what are your feelings about it?
1: I think the the takeaway that I'd want, if there was like one thing when people think of open source, it's that um, it's typically unowned, like it's a commons. Um, If something's open source, it's a common good. I think that's like the main thing. Um, I'd feel super psyched if people saw that and were like, oh yeah, that means it's part of the commons. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, So... Scuttlebutt is a peer-to-peer open protocol for social networks. Um, so another word in there is protocol, like a way of doing things. Um, like when you made your – did you say you're eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with honey? Uh,
2: there's no jelly. It's just one piece of toast with peanut butter and honey.
1: So if you were to write on a piece of paper um, the like very detailed process for how you made that delicious-sounding treat – You would have a very simple protocol. Um, And the internet as we know it is basically just a really complicated peanut butter sandwich. Um, And it's like just a recipe list and a way of different things communicating with each other. I don't think we need to get super stuck on that word. Um, But the takeaway is that um, in peer-to-peer technologies, people are trying to figure out different ways of getting peanut butter jelly sandwiches to each other. that
2: totally makes sense and like thinking about um when i was listening to you talk about how there's like some people want to have the transparency in what they're creating and others don't i think about like when um djs will release their like track lists and be like here these are the songs that i use to like make this mix or this set and like I want you to be able to listen to them and enjoy them and like do this on your own and like create your own amazing recipe. Whereas like other DJs, you know, like facilitate this like culture of like, oh, I have this unreleased song and I'm not going to tell anyone who it's made by and I look cooler and then it's going to make me more money because people will come here and play this song. Um, so that's another yes. um, kind of comparison I guess that I was thinking about I think I um am just thinking about DJing a lot because I'm DJing my first um like live performance on Friday and it's at the club called Fabric
1: um, oh good luck with that you're gonna smash it that's super exactly. exciting
2: ah, I'm so nervous but anyway that's what I'm thinking about But that that that
1: description you just made is like so. One way is the proprietary way, the closed source way, and the other is like the open source, like the source, and that's exactly it. Um, And we have the same thing with code. Um, The there's like there's a slight difference in the sense that what my mind did there was that um, with uh, musicians who are and creative people and other such um are often like um trying to make a living or a way in the world is a very like power difference to say for example a, a corporate entity which closed sources what has become like essentially a, a a public utility something like facebook or like the politics and power there is very different depending on the um scale of the person involved but that's kind of an aside yeah.
2: um no but that's that's true i think um Like, it's important to acknowledge that, like, one individual doing that who's, like, you know, involved in the very precarious labor of, like, being a professional musician, like, has a different relationship to that dynamic. But also, like, I think it's everyone's responsibility to, like, think about how they operate within capitalism and, like, what kind of – I think we all gatekeep because capitalism teaches us to gatekeep no matter what we're doing in weird Mm -hmm. ways
1: yeah um, it's part of that internalization of like either financialized or kind of like neoliberal internalized logics of um I, i've never heard it put like we all turn ourselves into gatekeepers but now that you've said it it makes um total sense
3: yeah it's oh. so true um i guess like what what that brings me in my head is somehow also thinking about that going or like kind of shifting away from from like the bigger spaces online that we're taking like this this mentality because i feel like that was essentially there um like as a kid when i was growing up with the internet and and the presence of open source in those spaces um but also i guess like one of the reasons i feel like we're all vaguely here is to also think how we can i guess um foreground that again in 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 some really new, interesting ways.
1: I agree. Um, this we're we're moving along at what might feel like a snail's pace, but I feel like it's important because um, to 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 understand what a thing is. On the one hand, you kind of need to know kind of like the practicalities of how to make it Hello? work, oh, no. which is kind of a thing Dan? a thing in itself. Um then, uh, on the other hand, it's the contextual, um, hey, if I drop out or any of us drop out, that's okay because we're Hello? recording locally. Oh okay. Yeah, don't don't fret, it's okay. So Anna should pop back on. Um, uh, so it's all, also historical context. So one of the things that I want to try and do is go like, how did Hello? we get to the point where we are? And so there's a few strands. One is like, is where we are working? Um, so for example, like uh, Marissa and Anna, what do you like do do you both think about the way that um, Twitter and Facebook and other social media giants um, work behind the scenes like um, I guess that questions in two parts like how do you feel when you're in those spaces, be it Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram or Soundcloud like ha- how how do you feel there? like does it bodily make you feel good? And the type of social interactions which they encourage, and then do you ever think about what's like behind the interface, like how the company runs? What are they like? How do the protocols run? What are they doing with the data? Like, so that's two questions. One is how do you feel in those spaces, and two, do you think about like the behind the scenes?
3: Um, I think this this comes to a really interesting question because I feel the way. Can you hear me? yeah yes um the way that i feel what makes me feel good is not the intention of the platform so i feel like i'm definitely mis- misusing the platform in a way to to its purpose and i feel like quite a few of my friends are kind of hacking their way through what the interface essentially is meant to do um but um It makes me feel good because I can bypass a lot of bodies. I mean, that's kind of what the internet has generally done, like bypass a lot of bodies that I couldn't otherwise in like physical space and and bring me together with people that um, have a lot of meaning to me that I couldn't meet otherwise. Um, And also stay up to date, learn a lot of things, how what I'm especially interested in is like um, the conversations happening online. And that that wouldn't be facilitated in anywhere else because of the way we're finding each other and having these discussions and bringing um, to the front things like when like such as like the the ideas of like astrology and thinking about healing through astrology or or just anything else that kind of would just not be kind of mutually agreed as a, as a form of knowledge that is worth to know in in this like realm that we're in. And and what it means in terms of power structures. So like all these these kind of potentials keep me there. First of all, um, I'm not leaving, despite knowing what what all these um, companies are meant to do. I guess a lot of people, for sure, already know. But like the majority of internet traffic is already going through what these like three different instances: Facebook, Amazon, and and Twitter. And true. And and there's there's. I still find that there's some reason to be there because of everyone being there in a way, but um, I'm obviously already having my, my sight towards like, the wider horizons. Um, a thing that I'm really missing in these spaces is the fact that they don't really initiate for action. I mean, they're meant to keep, keep you away from each other in the material world, in a sense. Um, and so you have to kind of get around them to, to set things in action. But, um, but yeah.
2: Yeah, that's, I definitely identify with like a lot of what you said. Um, But for me, I think because I approach social media, my primary platform is, or like my drug of choice, it sounds like I'm saying, is Instagram. Um, And I have like four Instagram accounts and they all serve different purposes. So one of them is what, um, people know as like a finsta account which is called a fake insta but the irony in that is that it's actually your real instagram um so on that account it's private i only allow like my close friends to follow it and um i like follow lots of like what like any account i feel like so i'll i follow like really ridiculous like slime accounts or like asmr sometimes um and because like it's an, it's anonymous it like is not associated with my person at all it um allows me the space to like not adhere to like the like social climbing really kind of like annoying aspects of instagram um that people often subscribe to and that I feel like I'm sort of trapped into subscribing to being that as a creative and artist and astrologer who's, who where like Instagram is my CV and like my, um, my source of so much income and like interaction, I have to participate in that to an extent. Um, So my Finsta is like my relief away from my like regular Instagram, which is like, me curating content and, like, not being an honest version of myself, like, I'd say 60% of the time. Um, but then the problem is that, like, I, I spend so much energy in my, like, my, like, quote-unquote business slash, like, outward-facing Instagram that I don't even have the energy or space to use Instagram in, like, a fun Insta way now. I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh. There's um,
1: no... I- I feel all the feelings, like that's really sad, but also like not uncommon, like that that you've described is um, something I've heard before from different people. Um, And I cut you off, I'm really sorry, but I just wanted to interject and I'm gonna keep interrupting um, to say like that emotive space, Um, On the one hand, what Anna was saying of connecting with humans despite the intentions of the business or the interfaces. Um, So that capacity kind of going back to some of the early internet of connecting with other people around the world as being, that's an amazing thing. But then on the flip side, on the shadow side, the way that the, the, uh, and as Anna mentioned, An increasing amount of web traffic and this is something that one of the coders from within andre stoltz writes about a lot Uh, he's got a post saying the web is dying which is essentially an astronomical percentage of um web traffic is basically running through either amazon google or facebook um or their subsidiaries um is this feeling that we have in these zones of tiredness and sadness and it's something that um uh angelica and zach a couple of friends from the Scuttleverse, express like they just turned to each other at some point and they were just like i don't know where to go online to feel good anymore mm-hmm. um yeah. and so it's those two twins the one of like see knowing that things can be different um and then also celebrating the good bits is kind of the emotional um political um like uh, animistic uh fertilizer reasoning spirit
0: mm-hmm. Why,
1: like why people are are trying to do things differently mm-hmm. um so that's kind of like in in a nutshell the why like it both says what the problem is, some of the symptoms, and then like the reason for putting energy into what I was trying to get Anna to say earlier was basically. I was trying to lead you along and it didn't work and I'm glad it didn't because that never works out well. But it's basically downloading this stuff and making it work on your computer at the moment is kind of hard Um, and it's not like super easy like downloading a Twitter client or whatever, but the reason people are getting over the hump with it and trying is because of the vision and the potential that um, the thing that we're trying to build, this commons in an open way, around a different politics, around a different feeling for our own reasons is for um, connection to humans in a way that as Anna would put it is kind of the technology gets away and is invisible. And we're also trying to make a space where we feel good again, um, where we can connect with each other in the way that um, is in line with our ethics values and reasoning in the way that we would in meat space or IRL um, Mm -hmm. that, does that, um, do you have any questions? Like, have I just shoehorned something in and you're like, what is he talking about?
2: No, I totally am with you. And I think, um, like to underscore, like, like just how important what you're saying is, like, there's two very different aspects that I'm talking about of my Instagram use. So I have like, I was talking negatively about my like regular Instagram where I have like a few thousand followers and like, you know, get lots of opportunities through it. Um, the good thing about that, which I wish I could integrate into my Finsta account is like, because it's like an open, it's, it's not a private account and like, it's it's just open, like lots of people get in touch with me. And so I meet like lots of amazing people. Like I have so many like friends and like acquaintances online who like give me a sense of like solidarity and like drive me forward. And I I know I'm never going to meet a lot of them, but just like knowing that they're there is so affirming and important to me. And then I have like the comfort also of my Finsta, but the problem with my Finsta Um, is that that's a stagnant comfort. It's that like, it's a curated finite space and I'm not willing to let people into that space until I have the interactions that I have on my regular account. But then how do I integrate that when I don't feel like my regular account is really portraying an honest iteration of myself? Like then I'm just in this trap of like, I cannot honestly like interact and meet people online. And I feel like I feel like when I'm, people meet me through my like regular Instagram, I feel like I'm like, okay, let me just, first of all, apologize for how I come across on here. Um, and like when I have honest conversations with them. But yeah, it's like, I, I just feel so ambivalently about like my online use, And also um, I do think about, to answer the second half of your question, Jen, I do think about like how these platforms work a lot of the time, but it's usually in like, the 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 moments that I do think about them are moments of fear like moments of like when I get an advert directed towards me after having said a word that I hadn't said in ages like an hour and uh, an hour ago and then I'll get an ad relating to it um or like um when I like go on my iPhone when you like double click the home button, it like closes all your apps from running the background. And now when you do that with Instagram, it says at the bottom of your screen, good morning, Marissa. And it's like, oh, fucking hell. Like, okay. Like, you know what time it is. And like, I know you knew what time it is, but now I'm thinking about the fact that you know what time it is where I am. And like, just this. I think about how they run in terms of like how they're like meticulously surveilling me and i feel less surveilled on instagram because um what first started making me feel surveilled on facebook was my family members cuz i have like a lot a big family and you know a family with lots of different views than i do have and you know some cousins who are like vehemently against like 90% of what i do mm-hmm. so that was caused me to kind of exit facebook a bit and move towards instagram but now it's like i I, but i mean i know i'm surveilled it's just like it's easy to just forget and like participate because you have to i hear you Mm
1: -hmm. um and that's the anna it really interested me um i'm going to come back to this um around the invisibility of things um so just a formatting thing we're coming up to an hour um how are you both feeling should we keep going um do you have time
2: um i'm happy to keep going yeah i have another like 40, 40 minutes to an hour
1: potentially. okay that that gives us um uh space i was gonna maybe we can take a moment uh stretch um and i'm gonna play some more of um the tune that we heard earlier on um and when we come up to about an hour i'm gonna stop recording um and then cool. we can start again. Yeah. Just it solves a bit of audio drift, I've noticed. And also it's, yeah.
3: Okay, cool. Anna, do you have time to come back to? Yeah, I think we're getting more to the sort of domain where I have more to say, actually. And I think it's coming to a really interesting point for like all of us. That's that's how I'm feeling. I agree.
1: Um, we're trying to do a lot. It's, I think there's a lot of
3: basic definitions, which I think are really important, but I also feel like there's just so much urgent stuff that needs to be said, and I what I, what I also want to hear from you. So um, yeah, I'm looking for it to come. get there. Yeah.: Cool. hello um we're entering part b of the local gossip um we've had a really interesting moment that we did not record but let's reenact it quickly um what are your feelings post break
2: um my feelings sorry my whatsapp just went off my feelings are i'm i was i'm just thinking right now like part of why I think we had such a like cool moment in the break space was because like the pressure of like the dramaturgy of like performing a podcast can like put a lot of pressure on like the timbre and like like the way we guide a conversation and so like being off of it and being able to like reflect on how the conversation is going like gave us the space to be like oh like I'm thinking about this I feel this way. Um, but I think maybe if we just, like, ignore the fact that there's, like, a red dot, like, quote, unquote, recording us, then we can just, like, continue that space. Um, and I wanted to, like, continue the, like, what I was saying to you, Anna, off of, off air about, um, like, the English language, especially because my research has to do with language a lot of the time. Um, But, like, yeah, you should just, like, fuck language up, like, especially the English language, like, however way you want. Because, like, not only is it an imperfect language, it's, like, one of the most violent languages. And, like, the only reason that we're all speaking English is because of colonialism right now. Literally all of us have that relationship, like, in our, Mm -hmm. like, ancestral, like, ties that have put us here like both physically and like in terms of like our education so if you like make a weird metaphor that like we don't understand I'm just gonna be like that's beautiful and I'm gonna try and understand it
3: oh that's beautiful
2: too thank you yeah,
0: you're welcome.
3: <laughs> um we were uh, to just cap a little bit um what kind of stuck in my head since our conversation was talking about the ownership to technologies in the first place, how bodies play a huge role in that we were talking about Marissa's background um, of coding, but Marissa herself defining not necessarily being comfortable with with taking ownership of, of that thing when, when having this conversation. Um, so that was like a really interesting point or when we talk about, and how that reflects back to what bodies feel comfortable in in both the past, techno like spaces that are technically facilitated, but also towards the future, and like there are a few iterations of that going on parallel to like social, like the socials that are corporate, but but like that, quite a few of us still feel that we can't be hundred percent in ourselves, but also what I think Marissa mentioned quite well that we're also bored like there is no meaning necessarily to to what what we think is important and urgent right now
2: yeah like totally it's like yeah I I didn't even think about it till um we were like reflecting on like the level of accessibility on our conversation thus far in the podcast and um you know Dan being like oh Mercy, you're like pretty far ahead from like the Luddite-esque Like questions I was asking in the beginning of my code journey, and then I like was like, yeah, I guess I've like you know I've coded. I know HTML and CSS, and then y'all were both like, are you fucking kidding me? You know how to code, Um, and like, it's totally what you said, Anna. Like the fact that I didn't even like feel comfortable like saying. That, like, I would never call myself a coder. Um, And, like, part of that is, like, I think there is something to be said for, like, having revere for people who have put a lot of, like, time and work into, like, being able to call themselves something. But then at the same time, like, a lot of me not calling myself someone who can, or even, like, referencing myself as someone who can code comes from, like, the violence of, like, male, like, white supremacists, like, male-dominated Spaces mm-hmm. and like when I say, white supremacists. I don't mean like Nazi spaces. I mean like literally every space that's infused with that, because like the world is infused with that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so like everything has a relationship to that. Um, and then yeah, being bored in those spaces, like even
3: it's a des- <laughs> it's a desert of uh, it's a desert of ideas actually. So there's no, it's no real wonder I think that you you're feeling that way or maybe yeah, or
2: it's it's so dumb and also um, yeah what we were saying off air again about like not only in those spaces are we going to experience violence so we avoid them or like we just steer clear of them which is avoiding haha <laughs> two different ways of saying the same thing mm-hmm. um, but like when we're there like or just like often just not interested about what people want to say or talk about. Anna, do you want to talk about like, because we were talking about sex work and like how we're interested in having a conversation about how the internet and like peer-to-peer could relate to sex work and does relate to sex work because everything relates to sex work. Um, And you were saying, Anna, that part of what has steered you away from scuttlebutt um, is um, that there was a conversation that happened about sex work that um, was like,
3: kind of shut down can you like talk about it a little bit I just want to know what happened um I was witnessing I, I guess the dynamics is really put off I mean just anyone who represents a kind of like muted uh, identity in technological spaces like should pay attention to when those situations happen because it's it's usually descriptive of the general dynamic but but yeah so um a person that I've been following who who does many things and, uh, among others, uh, pay, like also sex work, um, was raising the concern about how the platform would suit, um, just like feminist labor work, feminist labor, um, that happens in digital spaces that have, uh, been more and more restrained in terms of, uh, access to, to, to customers and, and how they keep on kind of, um, earning <laughs> earning their living through through uh, those vital sources of incomes. And and I feel like I mean obviously those those aspects are not set in the conversation, but the, the essential question was how can this platform that's so actively there's a really active community or it's kind of portraying yourself as this this community that really act like tries to portray themselves as radical who who are shaping that platform that currently has, is is really raw. But, but that there's an ongoing development going on and with that enthusiasm then itself to like promote uh, or make that space safe for for sex work and other forms of of work um that are yeah that can only exist digitally and and so like while while you're clearly spe- like you can clearly see that people are are, are invested uh, in in that space and have a lot of, what would would be able to refer or that conversation further? It's it's like this kind of like the the kind of subtext between the lines is essentially that we're washing our hands out of this. That that no one necessarily even knows how to react to that. Um, that might be due to not having experiences and or relying on 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 being the side of what is usually even associated with the with the buyer of sex work.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but but essentially seeing seeing a kind of slow unfolding of like, you could direct us to this person, but no one is really taking an ownership and, and being like, oh yeah, this needs to be done and how that can be done because of the person raising the issue clearly can't do that um, or is not in a position to. But that sort of unfolding of the dynamic makes you wonder what you're even doing there because of that is one intersection that many people who share same bodies with you yeah, end up doing or need to do in in in, in this really society that we're in, and, and how wealth well is redistributed in in that. Yeah,
1: it makes me really sad to hear that that went down, but I can totally um I can totally imagine that it that it did go down that way. I think like touching a bit on what I was um I think I can't remember when I was speaking about it during the break or what but um, to surmise, one of the things that um, I was trying to say is that I think it's important to look around. So if someone arrives into Scuttlebutt at the moment, one of the most common refrains that you hear is, hey, like, there's a lot of dudes up in here. Um, And I think that's fair. Like, if you look on the GitHub code website and if you look at the organization faces, you will see, uh, I think there's one woman and everyone else is men. And I think it's mostly all white. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And
1: the fact of the matter is that it's probably going to be the same in most open source communities. Why is that? I I think unless we're looking around and saying, why are conversations like um, about how these new tools can be Um, useful for the most marginalized folk or why is it when people arrive, it's mostly guys. Why are the things this way? Um, We're not going to be able to be effective and um, to contribute to the betterment or access for most marginalized in society who share the most in common with us in terms of actual needs. Um, Then we're fucked basically. And it just, it hurts my heart every time I hear stories like that because that's the state of where we're at and I don't really see a cohesive kind of narrative or understanding about like what have we inherited that we perpetuate that means that we are at risk of more often than not just recreating those fucked up power dynamics because we don't have an analysis of how things got to be the way they are
3: Mm -hmm. um there's something very ironic about witnessing, I guess, new platforms, and and this is not specific to sp- Scuttlebutt in any way, but uh, new technical technological spaces coming, um, and people that you clearly perceive as like malpresenting and and finding that joy of finding each other online, and it's just like, well, that's just like what local physical space is all about, isn't it? Like, like how is that a special moment? Um, and then you kind of see see that happening um yeah
2: yeah I guess like um one thing that like concerns me in this is like or, okay actually I'm going to start from this slightly less negative point right so if I'm giving this the scuttlebutt community the benefit of the doubt say the sex work conversation unfolded and like people hand washed over it um, in like an ideal, not ideal situation, but like in one, one reason that could have happened is that like, nobody felt that they could hold this conversation and carry it because they've not come from the position of that person. Right. So, okay. That's fair to like, um, you know, be like, oh, well, this isn't my jurisdiction, but it's also like a classic excuse that like, white people use when it's like, Oh, well, I can't participate in like helping dismantle white supremacy because like, I'm just a white person. I can't do this. But it's, so that's like a uh, mimetic in that way. So then, okay, well, how do we work through that to get you in a position where you can help? So what my perspective in like a very practical, tangible sense is like, okay, you have this community, you have a lack of people in this era, you have a vulnerable person who has a valid point that you can't support, you need to pay people to come into the space who can support like this conversation and like this discussion who are experts on what they do that you can consult and like literally put your money where your mouth is to get them in the space. If there is, is, if there is tangible funds for it, because like, what's the point of like having that pool if you're not going to like use it to like pay marginalized folks for their labor, which is like what we should be doing anyway to redistribute capital. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, yeah, even if, um, like, 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 that's kind of almost like a best case scenario, not the action I described, but like that people seeing that were just kind of like, oh, I don't want to like, execute this thing that I don't have expertise on, I don't want to speak where I can't, which I, I get, but there has to be um, some sort of accountability that moves forward past yeah. that, because you can't just be like,
1: One of the one of the properties of what broadly I call cipher space, but it's um, another word is P two P, is that um, we'll be able to track that thread down, and we'll be able to see for ourselves kind of um, like the context. It's quite different than say, for example, Facebook or um, Twitter, in the sense that it's the the analogy I use is it's more like a, a lake like the water goes in the data goes in and it kind of builds up over time versus something like a stream like if you think about the infinite scroll of like on Instagram or Twitter kind of it it's once something's gone by it's actually quite difficult to find it again like yeah. if it was do you know what i mean
2: like yeah, um, the kind of thing that you saw yeah.
1: yeah we'll be able to find it and have a look like um yeah for sure that's kind of um
3: but but socially this 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 moment um I guess is like really um also sad to witness because I feel like the internet has had so much meaning to all these all these people that don't necessarily think that way like it has been particularly radical for people who po- who oppose this dynamics that we're seeing here, but that is reflective of of the local space like that's that's what the internet has been really revolutionizing too um and, and, but it's also been a learning space where everyone outside of those experiences can kind of learn from each other without having to necessarily bother the person or like why, why have, have the ideas of like intersectional oppressions also spread so widely like mm-hmm. it's clearly that, that the internet has been such a good learning space for those things so there's really no excuse like that that information is all out there, or like I think even Dan mentioned about Twitter being this huge collective study group, and that's exactly so yeah um, and and that that like the future of the internet can be designed by those principles, like what have we even learned um that's that's the question I'm if, thinking if about I can
1: that. um I'm gonna just share why like why I'm still still there um with a quick story about the money that has come into the ecosystem. Um, so, and I'll do the TLDR version. Um, an initial part of money was given to the person who started the project, who then said, um, I'm going to give this to the community and spoke with, I think it was like maybe four of the most invested in terms of time and other such um, who are all um, cishet guys. Um, Then the next pot of money that came in, it was uh, two two guys who kind of came up with the framing. Then there was this latest round of cash that's come in. What's kind of remarkable and it's kind of um, I think touches on what Marissa was speaking about is kind of it indicates an openness to um, uh, changing stuff is that the next bunch of money, the person who started the project, he, com- he took a complete back. He, he was like, "Other, I'm going to leave space for other people to take this on and kind of decide. And what's ended up happening is that um, a person has held a kind of a proto-democratic version or kind of like a grassroots um, kind of um, – thing of going okay well let's try running this as a council and let's get people to suggest themselves and let's get everyone to kind of um make an active vote as to how this money is spent and who gets to make those decisions and so to remind you we've gone from in in the initial case it was the create the person who started the project suggested an approach suggested it to about four people they said yes and then they distributed the funds in that way Um, about 40 grants or so. In the next case, uh, the person who started the project gave it to um, someone who then decided a process. In this third one, what's really interesting is that the people who have power um, over deciding where the money goes, there's two non-binary folk. There's one person of color. I should disclose that one of them is me. I think there's like three or four of the people are, queer Um, and it's almost like I think uh, more or less 50 50 in terms of um, like uh, male presenting body and not so the fact that within a year you've got this transition from um, like total total male through to what's actually quite way more diverse than that within a year is one of the reasons why like that not that that happened but that it can possibly happen because there are a lot of spaces where the potential for that it can't even unfold that way because there's such entrenched like bigotry or um like power dynamics where it's not just that people are perpetuating white supremacy or sexism or patriarchy but they're actively doing it and it's in that absence of people actively doing it in this zone is why i think there's like potential like it's a potential space where it's worthwhile um at least that's why for me personally why I've in, like put so much of my time there um which I wouldn't otherwise do if it felt like a total lost cause
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, yeah I hope like that kind of gives a bit of a framing that um though I can totally see and I've seen other stuff like what Anna said go down I can also see how it could change
0: Mm
2: -hmm. right yeah and I think like it's important to recognize like one thing that um this like Venus retrograde season has made me like has really made me confront is like finding um that like ability in myself to decide whether or not something something is worth it or not like to invest your energy in and like being really in tune with that and um like because I was part recently part of a group um that was like an all people of color group organized through the like university institution business complex I'm part of, which is a very violent one. Um and where I had promised myself I wasn't going to engage with that. And it really bit me in the ass in terms of like calling out like structural oppression within the group um and caused a lot of people to like say a bunch of lies and slander me so that was an example of me not like being able to parse that out so it's like really nice to hear you reflect on like the potential that the space is given and like um and hear that like sense of hope because i really like when people have hopeful stories because so much of the stories i hear nowadays are like everything's
3: fucked i think yeah i think what you're just stating is kind of like we're we're the, at, at the state of consciousness as well because i feel like um the internet has also just taught so much to us that that we're even at this point having this conversation because before we just lacked a complete like sense of positionality towards each other also in this like really violent like setting that we're living in um but that um hold on, i'm just trying to catch my thought um i think it's really important that we're having this, this conversation when 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 we think ahead and try to also invite our friends to to have these conversations and and importantly to like get like kind of as as we did like find each other and start like initiating stuff and building their own stuff
2: um um. yeah I agree
1: that was one of the things uh up at the I think in part A, Marissa was like, we ended up um, hanging out in the after event, after party meal, whatever you call those things. It's not my scene. Um, and We just were talking loads and I was like, it would be really neat to find the pain points of how you and other folks doing, I don't even actually know what you do, Marissa. I know you do readings, but doing readings and other stuff, like what would it look like to have a, uh, like the technology helping you rather than you um, fighting against it or working with old stuff that doesn't work or um, using platforms uh, not in the way they were designed to but finding ways of working around it. Like what would it look like to – because that question for me of what can can be built with you Mm -hmm. together is that's going to be what surfaces the most – and by you, I mean the more general kind of like. It might be Marissa. It might be like some radical sex worker friends, but that's that's where the radical stuff will happen.
2: Exactly. Um, yeah, is like it's it's it really the discussion needs to start with. Can I think what you're saying, which is like um, trusting that like the people you're asking are authorities on what they what they do and like how they operate, um, especially like. Because for me, I feel like having like sur- both been involved in like surveilled like spheres of sex work on the internet. Like there's certain like cam girls who I'm just like, you're a fucking genius. Like what you do is amazing, and like so like first of all, I just personally think it is amazing. But that's almost besides the point in terms of like how they've manipulated like this really like archaic, difficult to use technology and like like income networks in order to like get like garner this like following and like just like totally queer the internet in terms of like how they've made it work for themselves mm-hmm. not any not dissimilarly from like YouTubers but also YouTube is like a totally different thing cuz it's like the YouTube industrial complex um so like we like if we want to like re like in my like non like like very minimal knowledge of peer to peer i'm just like I don't think that the activist consultation in it should be any different from seeking out people who um, are existing in the margins and paying them for their time and like asking them for consultations on what they need because people who are experiencing oppression are the experts on what they need and like so often like the violence of white supremacy makes us turn to the academy for everything and we're not mm-hmm. going to find in the academy no. we're gonna find it we're gonna find people from the academy a lot of the time because they're gonna be able to you know have certain bodies of knowledge but it's, it's ultimately not going to come from there and I don't think it's like a very even a very radical thing for me to say that I think it's just like we be know that <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah um Yeah, I think also in terms of, like, doing, like, work involving, like, mysticism and, like, the occult and, like, in the kind of work that I do, like, I'm definitely working against technology a lot of the time, which I wish I wasn't. Um, I'm working against, like, Wi-Fi speeds and, like, video and, like, it's really hard to hold space for people the way you need to when you're doing a reading which can be really life-changing um just in like just on like whatsapp video or like facetime um and also in terms of like one there's a tool that astrologers um like myself use called um ephemerides or an ephemeris which is like um mathematical um documentation of like where the planets are and aren't um and that's kind of like when you learn how to read an ephemeris, it's like a major step in astrology. And it's like that is kind of the the um, analog, for lack of a better word, technology of um, how you figure out, like, your natal chart and your, you know, where the do the synastry with other people and also, like, figuring out what's happening in your life in relation to the current skies. Um, and we have a lot of, like, kind of – really great like technology nowadays where you can just enter your birth time into like cafe astrology or astrodeans and like get that information but um all of these websites I know Dan we were actually talking about this a bit when yeah. um yeah. when I was with you um like it's it it can just be like computed on the spot but um they're all like not they're not all terrible websites, of course, but they're they're all still pretty janky. Like you can tell that the internet's not working with with what's being created both visually and in terms of like the articulations and also in terms of um the violence of like the pronouns in astrology, like the amount of time I've been doing research about um astrology and like just it's all presented in such a binary context, and everything is like, he with a capital H um, makes me like, if I had a penny for every time, like I would be so rich. And I just hate that. And I want to like, see space and like material created to support it otherwise.
3: That's a really interesting point that you're bringing, because I think one of the things that I um, kind of wanted to put as a foundation to why is like why is astrology such a revolutionary space I feel for quite a few people is like um I feel like in some t- in in some ways like the shortages of like so many theories of like how we position ourselves in the world and I feel like especially to a lot of folks who who kind of see themselves as like decentered I think there's like a really interesting point about like um in terms as as like knowledge wise that that you're not focused on like your physical body attributes at all to like explain what you're doing and I think there's something really radical about it. Um I don't know if you want to talk more about that.
2: Yeah, I I totally agree. I think um like people in the West are really like not to say that astrology is not Western. There's different types of astrology. And astrology I predominantly Um, know and perform is Western which is problematic but also a symptom of my diasporic existence Um, but also like yeah in Western like healing and um, medicine like the 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 mind and the body are completely separate um, just kind of as a baseline Um, so astrology is um, kind of really great in that it treats you like um as you are which is um in unique reference to the the all of the planets um and sorry i'm reading the little chat that we have in the podcast thing Ah, okay so yeah we're we're all is like specifically in reference to the planets and you have to be careful with that because like you know neoliberalism loves astrology because the culture of like thinking yourself as of yourself as like unique and like you know super hyper individualized like self-care is like really symptomatic of capitalism but mm. like you're thinking of it from a point of like it being necessary to understand yourself to like contribute to collective healing it's like mm. it's got a, a hugely different socio-political impact um yeah so I, I feel like astrology was, um, one of the, I I was a little bit resistant to it when I was younger. Um, never fully like, but I was like always a bit skeptical of like how prescriptive it can be. Um, but now I like really like after having like properly researched and like learned over the course of some years, like now I realize like it really just comes down to like you are here on this like rock in the middle of a universe, and like it's a pretty hot rock, and it's getting hotter, and like they <laughs> and, like because of climate change. So, um, like this, it's not the only rock in the universe, believe it or not, Republicans. Like, and like the position of all the planets, and like like comets, and like specks of dust in the whole universe affect you and like whether you choose to acknowledge that or not is on you but it not only affects you physically um it affects you mentally and like to say that the moon doesn't affect you physically the moon being like the easiest planet to talk about is just fucking stupid because to argue that is to argue that there isn't tides bitch there's fucking tides the moon affects you physically you are made of water the ocean's made of water. There are tides. The, the fucking planets affect you, right? So this I is feel like, like... really blowing
3: up so many people's worldviews when I'm really loving this moment.
2: Oh, yeah, thank you. I'm just kind I of just like... Just focus like, just, on, just on this. Focus on this. <laughs> I feel like I've just, like, entered a rant zone and, like, everyone just has to deal with it. I'm really sorry, everyone. My Aries moon is out here. Like, who's trying to fight? Um, but, yeah, like, so just to... To finally be able to like, what's that?
1: Lol.
2: Lol. <laughs> Indeed. Um, yeah. To like find it, it's really almost like um, I feel like liberating. Yeah, liberating is definitely the world. The word um, to like have a space online and more increasingly in real life for like i can talk about astrology and like people aren't going to necessarily think i'm completely crazy that's such um, a
3: fascinating time. coupling between like digital cultures and like what's happening in like meat space um yeah exactly like they like, so like, influence each other um yeah
1: so
3: yeah they talk t- about it if if there's something yeah
2: yeah, I would love to like, okay, here's a great example recently. Um, so I, yeah, like I always, like I've loved astrology, like for as long as I've learned about it. At, Cause I've always like loved numerology as well. And I've always just been like, Oh my God, I was born on Friday the 13th. I'm a fucking witch. And like, I'm also a Pisces. So like, whether I like it or not, I am a witch actually. Um, but, um, yeah. So Going forward from that, I definitely, like, growing up um, in my, like, teenage years, like, trying to do the whole, like, cisgendered, like, girl, like, hetero that, like, I'm not, um, I, like, would cloak it because, like, guys hate astrology. And then as I entered, like, more radical spaces and, like, came into, like, my politics and my feminism, I was just kind of, like, I always had this, like, Thing in the back of my head where I'm like oh if men hate this there must be something that they're doing right um oh
3: my because I'm like so sorry
2: <laughs> no it's true though <laughs> like yeah. most things that like straight men hate I'm like oh they, there's something's good that's going on there I'm gonna go over there um and so I was like more and more drawn to it and then it really my crucial moment is like I think it was like 4:20 when I was like 18 um I like was really high and got my sun sign tattooed on my arm and I was like well I guess this is my life now I'm like into this properly (laughs) um (laughs) so I like just kept going and going and um yeah and then you know like with meme culture integrated with astrology people have been like oh my God, astrology is the best thing. And like, it's funny and giving me entertainment and also reading me because people love being fucking read um, and reading meaning um, like made fun of. Um, There's a whole business for that. Like which white men are at the center. It's called being a dom. But anyway, um, yeah, so um like with astrology popping off more and more and also people feeling like the state of the world is more and more abysmal people are increasingly looking to alternative modes of like healing and like i would say like pseudo therapy um not dissimilar from like movements in the 60s um you know
0: mm-hmm.
2: so anyway that's happening. It's giving me more of like a platform to talk about what I'm talking about. I mean, the fact that I'm on this podcast right now is indicative of that. I recently went on like FM radio in London um, for a singer songwriters album launch. Her name is Nao, And she wrote a whole album about having her Saturn return. And she like doesn't really engage or know that much about astrology. Um, but it was something that she really had been exploring a lot to the degree that she like wrote a whole album called Saturn. And so I went on to talk about astrology with like a bunch of like people who didn't think I was crazy, which is really cool. Um and crazy as like a pejorative like fucked up term anyway, especially in relation to being a femme. um But then, yeah, I was like, I found myself having this conversation and um, Shaka, who was one of the artists who was on the like, in the conversation with us, is like a hetero cis man who like, you know, is not engaged in these politics at all, but was taking me seriously. And I was just kind of like, huh, wow, there's like a huge connection between like the revolution of like astrology on the internet and it relating to physical space and like also the relationship people Feel to the occult, um, which is benefiting me in some ways, but also you know, it it warps some things. But ultimately, when these conversations enter the mainstream, they do get skewed. But as long as you're upholding them in your own practice the way that they need to be held,
3: um, I think that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. you can also protect them online for sure. Like if you facilitate certain kind of settings for sure. Yeah,
2: yeah, for sure. I think, um, yeah. I try to, but, you know, I, I've been trying to like, not be as like, hold, hold, less or hold more space for myself in like my spiritual, I guess I'd call it a spiritual practice of like, um, not always engaging with like the bullshit people say online just for like mental health reasons. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do like to like facilitate as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um. I think we're... Are we over time? Do we still have time? Do we still have time? Or... I have, like, 20 minutes. minutes? Oh, we have 20 minutes. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, Um, cool. Dan, how are you doing? Are you still there?
1: Oh, is that for me? Yeah,
3: I was just wondering um, if you're still there.
1: I'm having a blast.
3: Okay, cool. and Let's let's keep on going. Um, Okay. I think, yeah, this brings us to a really interesting point, because kind of what I wanna to do to because like kind of taking into account that we have like really diverse people listening to this podcast later and kind of bridge these like different gaps and like knowledge and understandings like um before wanting to talk about what like what what can be the radical sort of meaning of astrology to to a person. But then also talking about um I think how the internet has really made that possible. Like I don't think it's any surprise that 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 there is this like you were talking about the spread of memes as like this like this, this um, kind of like really condensed kind of form of media and like really accessible to a lot of people. But then mm-hmm. um, also talking about the general ideas, like how I feel like so many of us have find, found our embodiments online because of the reflection, the simulations that we're having. Like, I don't know how many of us would be queer, for example, without the internet. Um, like oh my point. God,
2: I would still think I'm hetero. That would be <laughs> really sad. I'm so glad. Oh yeah. my God. Especially being like like coming from like a culture of like I grew up in a really conservative town my whole life where I was one of the only people of color. But like not only that coming from like a like a very liberal family, considering the fact that like my father is Pakistani and my mother is Mexican, but still like one that does not really um like that tolerates queerness but does not like accept it in all of its yeah it's like betterness than everything else Mm -hmm. honestly Mm (laughs) um so yeah like the internet has definitely helped me especially in terms of like how I think about like the illusion of gender and like yeah um, my own racialization too and also Mm. like debunking like all of the, like, prejudices I hold, because, like, I, like, f- coming, like, the internet has allowed me to progress so much in terms of working through, like, colorism and ableism mm-hmm. that I've, like, perpetuated without knowing it, especially being, like, a pretty neurotypical person.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then also a light-skinned person and not only a light-skinned person, but a light-skinned person with like proximity to whiteness in terms of some of my features and also my hair pattern. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, like thank you internet, but also like, I wish more people had access to the internet.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I agree with so much of what you just yeah. said, Marissa.
3: Well, that's the momentum that brought us here as well. Like we've gotten so much out of it, and like how do we preserve those those qualities? I mean, the internet is not meant to stay the same, and I like I also hope hope not. But but there are these like really radical pockets that, like for example, we have found each other, um, yeah, friends related, and now we're here having this conversation, and we want to invite other people to have these conversations. That universities totally fail us, like we discussed before. And, yep. and, and that that there's always this this um, like the sort of reminder to yourself that the, the point of like we have these discussions that we set them in action. Um, yep. and that we can maybe together share our knowledges to, to come up with pro- some propositions of what would it be socially look like. but also like and, and foregrounding the social, like when we find spaces that that will eventually like serve and center, the, the various embodiments that we found and that, that we treasure, like how do we yeah. keep them safe? Um, how do we learn a different way to interact with each other? Like, like Marissa was mentioning before, like trusting and believing when someone else with a different embodied experience says something. Um, and, and that there's not even question of whether you're, that there's not even a choice for you to decide I'm not going to believe this because you have to. Um,
2: yeah, like, oh my gosh, and that's a concept that, like, I feel like white cis men just, like, can't understand because they have a lot of the time this illusion that, like, if everyone's speaking in a discussion that, like, everyone has to, like, prove their perspective because, like, they've never had to, like, prove themselves to anyone they get to just exist and like people believe them because that's how society works mm-hmm. um, so like and all the